1: We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. Hello, Cleveland, and welcome back to another edition of the Dogland Podcast. I'm your host, Jax McCurry. Joining me again tonight on this episode is none other than Caitlin Marshall of Crunch Time with Caitlin. Caitlin, how are you, my friend?
0: I'm doing well, Jack. We're uh, last preseason game, and we are, what, 13 days away from week one. God, I, I need to be here already.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's going to be here before we know it. Like, this next 13 days are going to go fast, and it's going to be it's, it's good, because we are ready for some actual, legit Browns football. After the preseason, after training camp, after everything, it's just, I think we're all ready for it.
0: Yeah, for real. I just, I just, like I said, can we, can it just happen now, please?
1: (laughs) (laughs) For real. Yeah, honestly, I'm ready for it to get here too. But, uh, on tonight's episode, we're going to recap final preseason game. And then we are going to talk about the roster moves that have already been made, um, Tuesday, obviously, is the deadline to cut it down to 53, but the Browns are not wasting any time, much like teams across the league are. Uh, the Browns already have it dwindled down to the 60s, um, and we're going to go through what we know so far and what we might expect going into Tuesday with the final cutdowns, if we think there will be any surprises. or and we'll, we'll talk about all of that. So, uh, Okay, starting with last night's game against Atlanta, we got to see some of the starters before – uh, you know, the preseason ended, we, we knew we were going to see Baker. We just didn't know who else was going to play. Um, the, the starting offensive line played minus JC Tredder We saw Nick Harris at center, uh, Kareem Hunt played, uh, at wide receiver. We only saw, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones, Kaderil Hodge. Uh, we saw both the tight ends, the Joku and Hooper. So we got to see a good amount of the offense as well as the defense, which we'll get to, but you know, I thought Baker looked good. I thought, you know, he got in there played, I think, it two drives, three drives, and he he looked like he was ready. And you know, I thought he looked as good as he has throughout his entire run with the Browns. I just thought he was quick, decisive with the offense. He had a couple balls batted, but it just seems like he was locked in and he's ready to go for week one against Kansas City.
0: Yeah, I mean, when Stefanski announced that they were playing the starters, you know, and mainly Baker Mayfield, I was just like, why? Why, why, why? Because on my podcast, I went through it. And I was like, there are multiple teams that aren't even playing their starters at all. You know, Aaron Rodgers isn't playing um, at the time, like Josh Allen wasn't playing. But, you know, he ended up playing what like well into the second quarter, I believe. Um, but I was just like, look, you brought back all 11 starters. Why are you doing this? And then it was uh, the anxiety of can we just get healthy? Can we get through the game? can all those guys get through their two series and, you know, yes, you want to see them move the ball, but it's like, can they just stay healthy and they were able to do that. And, you know, I'm relieved honestly. And to your point, like man, Baker Mayfield, he looks, he looks fresh. He looks like, um, he looks like a quarter, a really good quarterback in year two of a system. And it's something that we just haven't seen yet in his career.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he hasn't been in the same system twice since, I think it was the Oklahoma days, like yeah. I think that. it was
0: Bob Stoops, like his, sec, his second year with Bob Stoops. I mean, that, that's how far it was, you know. His, I believe it was like his junior year or whatever. Yeah, so, he's, he's
1: been through a lot of changes throughout his career, both college yeah. and pro. So it's, mm-hmm. but um, let's talk about the touchdown pass. He that touchdown pass to Kadero Hodge, uh, you know, Kadero's obviously on the bubble, we don't know his fate yet. We kind of have an idea where, where things are leaning towards him, but. Cadero looked like, Hey, I'm making my last strong impression. And and Baker put the ball right on the money on a, on a rollout to the left. Baker set his feet planted it and threw a beautiful ball. And Hodge was able to make a catch over the Falcons defender and was able to tumble into the end zone for the touchdown. And I just thought that if that was Cadero Hodge's parting shot from Cleveland, it, it was a good one because he's been a solid pro since he came to Cleveland from the Rams and unfortunately because of the numbers game because of the talent at the wide receiver position it looks like he might be the odd man out but i thought he made a strong case not in just that but i think he had two or three catches uh in those first couple drives with baker that he really made a strong case to say hey do you guys really want to move on from me i know it's a numbers game but I've been pretty reliable just as much as some other guys like a Higgins, like maybe even you could say a Jarvis Landry. When Baker has gotten him the ball, Hodge has made the most of it throughout his time with the Browns.
0: Yeah, I mean, all he does is catch the ball. He's what probably the best blocking uh, wide receiver on the team. Um, You know, just got to think, like, there's a reason why he won the wide receiver three job out of, you know, training camp last year. Um, it was him that was active. It was obviously Odell, Jarvis, Cadell, and, and Jojo Natson for the first, what, couple games until he got banged up. Uh, I think it was against the, the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it sucks, right? Because you have a player like Cadell Hodge who's a really good player, and we're in this weird situation that I don't think we're used to that we're going to cut really good players that are going to produce other places and he hasn't he has he hasn't cut yet um but it's just like the tea leaves and through some reporting like i know uh brad from the o b r has kind of basically reported that it's just a numbers game at that point um yeah it just it sucks but you know what um you know it's not it's not because he didn't do anything wrong you know it's just it's just the numbers game unfortunately,
1: yeah for sure i mean
0: it, it
1: it's unfortunate, but whoever picks up Kaderil Hodge, whether it's, you know, I still think there's a shot that he could be traded because yeah, if definitely. a team really wants him and they're down in the waiver order, the Browns could say, Hey, we'll take a sixth or a seventh round pick for him to make sure that you get your guy. Like, cause I think you're what you get in Kaderil Hodge, you're getting a reliable target, which has been evident the last, going back to last year and you're getting a good guy on special teams and you're just getting a solid, I think, football player and a, a solid person. Like, there's hasn't been anything that speaks to his character. I mean, he was the only wide not receiver there for OTAs while everybody else was training, not to say that that was a bad thing that guys were training away from the facility. But Hodge came to prove to the coaching staff, like, hey, I know there's a lot of talent in that wide receiver position, but I'm still here. I'm a solid pro. You have seen what I do on special teams. You see what I've done as a wide receiver. Like, I'm going to continue to make my strong case in front of you guys for it. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out because like we said, he's not cut yet. Um, We'll see. Something might happen and he might've made a case to make the team because he only played with Baker last night and that was it. I don't remember seeing him at all the rest of the game. Um, Is there any other takeaways from last night's game that stood out to you? Uh, I know Demetric Felton looked great again. Every time he touched the ball, he was making plays. Jarnish
0: Johnson again. Like I, I can't say enough great things about him. He's another um, guy on the bubble. And I, I just feel like you can't get rid of Jonas Johnson, man. Like, you just can't. The way he, he – he catches the ball really well on the backfield, I think a little more underrated than uh, I think people realize. Um, just the way he runs, he runs so physical. And, like, I mean, we saw it in games last year. I mean, there's a reason why – not just the Cowboys game because it was basically anybody who – you know took a handoff was running all over him but remember the the Colts game it was what third and nine or third and eight and they ran the ball and he got those 10 yards to keep the clock moving to clinch that win and you know they don't do that if they don't believe in him and I just feel like he's somebody that has to be active and on your not just on your 53 but you know, also active as, you know, one of your 48 players uh, active each game day.
1: For sure. Like, I know it's a big numbers game and like you're trying to figure out, are you keeping four running backs? Where do the fullbacks come into the situation? Um, Where do they see Felton? Do they see him as a wide receiver? Do they see him as a running back? Like, it's going to be so fascinating to see the final 53 and be like, okay, well, they decided this guy was more valuable or, we don't like the fullbacks I think are so fascinating between Stanton and Janovich. Like, do they see one of them as a potential tight end or an H back? Right. Like it, it it's going to be fascinating. And I feel like it's going to, there's going to be some, I think there's going to be a little anger tomorrow by the, out of the fan base. Cause they're gonna be like, why did we cut this guy? He's a good football player. Like the Browns are in a situation now where they're going to cut a good football player. Some of the fans aren't going to understand it, but we're just in a spot where we have too many good football players. And that's kind of crazy to say just considering where we've been in the past. But the Browns are a really deep football team. And unfortunately, tough decisions are gonna to have to be made. And they've already been made. And I think that's just how Andrew Barry and them are gonna ha- are gonna roll going forward. Like they can't keep everybody and it's gonna it's gonna make fans mad. But at the end of the day, like this is what good football teams unfortunately do.
0: Yeah, and just think of the teams that are like top of the waiver wire, like Dearness Johnson, if he gets waved, you would think a team like the jets would be a perfect spot for him because they don't really have, you know, running back depth. It's like Telvin, uh, uh, was it, uh, Coleman. Right. And yeah. their rookie, um, Martin I Carter, believe. Carter, Carter. Yeah. And like, so I think you would rather have Dearness Johnson, who at least has had some carries throughout his career. Um, Think about Kato Hodge and the 40, or like, wait, wait, never mind. I was going to say the 49ers, but they were like, what, 12 originally? Yeah. So Whoever yeah. was three. But it's just like, imagine Kato Hodge on like the 49ers or something. If he gets through like 10 or 11 teams and then people are going to be pissed like, oh, well, he's producing. It's like, yeah, we know, like he was going to do good things regardless. He's just a good player. Like it is what it is. You know, it's it sucks, but it is what it is. You
1: know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm just looking at it real quick. Like I'd say Atlanta, Atlanta could use a wide yeah. receiver. Like Atlanta, a Hodge, Houston. Yeah. Houston, um, Detroit. They need wide receiver help.
0: Definitely. I
1: mean, it's yeah. I mean, Kadero Hodge gets cut. There's going to be, there's going to be teams going after him. They need wide receiver help. They're going to look at a guy like Kadero Hodge. Brashad Perriman got cut today. So there's another wide receiver that'll get picked up. Like there's teams out there that need receiver help. New England, even though they signed a couple, I feel like they could use some more receiver help. It's going to be interesting to see like how does the the rest of the league view the players that the Browns are cutting? Like how many guys are going to get picked up? Because we're so used to, we're trying to snatch everybody off their
0: uh, waiver
1: wire. And it's like, now we get to see how the roles reverse. Like the Browns are a good team. Like who's going to go after our players. So. Then um, I
0: think you know being able to trade, not only dictates where they go, so they don't hurt. They don't, I don't know, hurt you. Let's just say, but also you you get something back for them. You know that you were just gonna cut anyway.
1: For sure. Anybody on the defensive ball side of the ball stand out to you outside of Malik McDowell, who continues just to wreak havoc across the defensive
0: front. Yeah, that was pretty shocking to be honest with you. Like I knew he was a stud, but for someone who hasn't played any games the last four, four years.
1: years. Yeah.
0: I mean, he is good God. The way he pushed that guy 10 yards downfield at the point of attack. I mean, it was amazing. And man, I'm I'm uh excited to see him uh because I believe he made the 53 after last night. Um you know I don't know. Like Elijah Lee played pretty well like I believe he was starting. Um like, is he somebody over Mac Wilson that you would think makes the team? Because, like, at the end of that roster, the way you kind of try to break things down is, like, well, who's played special teams and who hasn't? And Elijah Lee last year played – I think I saw a tweet that had him at, like, 150 special team uh, snaps last year. And someone like Mac Wilson only had, like, three. And if you're only going to carry five linebackers into week one um, – you need somebody who could also, you know, obviously play linebacker, but play in multiple facets, which you know Elijah really does. Um, uh, who else? Like AJ Green. I thought it was funny that <laughs> the fucking the punt was catching the punt. I don't know if you saw that. Um, but he had a, a kick catch interference and because he caught the punt instead of letting the other guy catch it.
1: Uh, um, I'm I'm sure Prefer chewed him out for that after the yeah, when they got back to the just, sideline. <laughs>
0: It was just so funny because I've actually never I've never seen that before. Like he just stole the punt from the punt returner. Like he called for the fair catch, and he just caught it instead of the other guy. <laughs> but it was funny. Like, but I don't think that ultimately like he's gonna make the team as a corner. He played well into the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought Franks was gonna make it as that fourth tight end. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, they seem to target him a lot. Uh, he also like ran down after an interception. He ran down and and caused a uh uh a fumble on on the return. And the Browns ended up getting the ball back, but I mean it's just like you know I don't I uh I I don't really know to be honest. Like Jordan Elliott played pretty well. Yeah, I was impressed. Like he him. made the team. Um, I thought you know Port Augustine was gonna make the team, but he ends up getting uh waved. Maybe that means Joe Jackson, but I didn't really see like a lot from him or like I seen it in spurts you know what I mean um yeah I mean I don't Trying to remember like like the game I, I didn't really see much if anything like John Johnson played really well I thought early on but we expect that you know what I mean
1: yeah I was going to talk about the defensive starters I was hoping some of these guys would play and they did you know, like we saw, we saw Malik Jackson. We saw Walker. We did see John Johnson. Um, Ronnie Harrison
0: played. Ronnie Harrison which played, which is good. Thing.
1: Yeah, to get those guys out there, especially Harrison, because you know yeah. he spent time on on the bikes during camp. So to get him some more reps. You know, it's unfortunate we didn't get we didn't get to see Grant Delpit at all during the preseason. Um, we saw, I think Newsom played some. I don't, greedy didn't play Sunday. So you know, you just hope that Greedy and Delpit are ready both physically as well as they're ready for whatever's thrown out to them because they really haven't had a lot of reps in Joe Wood's defense, obviously, because they all they didn't neither one of them played last year. Yeah. So, but it was good to see some of the new guys out there, obviously, to get some playing time to get some reps in this system and some game action. Um, I was more worried about seeing them than I was seeing the offense, but it was good to see some of the starters out there just to get Get their feet wet a little bit and for game action. So um I think I think everybody will be ready for week one. And looking yeah, I, at I think like, so too. And like seeing Odell and warm-ups when they were showing the uh highlights, like people are kind of questioning whether he's gonna be ready for week one. I think he's going to be ready because he is he looks like Odell. Like yeah, like definitely. what we expect Odell Beckham to be for week one. So uh it, it's gonna be interesting to see uh come week one against Kansas City. Uh Let's get to the roster cuts because they're the Browns aren't wasting any time. Okay, nope. when it comes to and I'm, to glad. This. And and I'm glad. glad too. I'm glad <laughs> they're just like we know who this team's gonna be. We're just gonna start making these moves happen. Um, let's go. Let's just try to do this position, position wise. We'll just go down the board. Uh, let's start at quarterback. Kyle O'Leada. We kind of there was the in, the debate back and forth amongst fans. Was it gonna be Case Keenum? Was it gonna be Kyle O'Leada? For the backup quarterback, I always tended to think it would be Keenum, but Lolettah had a good showing the first couple of preseason games. Last night, he did okay. The stats won't tell the, stale, the tell the full story, but I thought he had a good preseason. He gets cut, and the reports are already out. He's not even going to re-sign with the Browns on the practice squad. He's going to move on, um, which is fine. I feel like he's going to try to go prove himself elsewhere. Uh, I thought he had a good showing in camp but obviously the Browns were going to roll with Case Keenum so not a surprise that he's obviously going to walk away
0: no not not at all I mean I I never really bought into the let's trade Case Keenum you know thought process just because like yeah if Baker gets hurt and is out for the year you're screwed anyway but it's the whole the whole point of having a quality backup is for the weeks where you know Baker's out for like two or three games and that's when you have someone like Case Keenum who could just write the ship and, and keep it afloat for a couple of weeks until your guy comes back.
1: Yeah. Uh, wide receiver, uh, not a surprise, JoJo Natson gets cut. Nope. Um, you know, he did show some flashes, again, that he still has that speed and can be utilized, but the fact that they have Anthony Swartz, the fact that they have Demetric Felton back there in the return game, uh, Natson wasn't going to make it, and it was just simply the numbers game, just like we yeah. talked about with Kadero Hodge. Um, he'll latch on somewhere. I think uh, he's got that speed. He can help in the return game, showed it in Los Angeles with the Rams. So he'll definitely uh, pick, get picked up elsewhere.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and to think again, last year, he was playing a significant amount of snaps uh, before he got hurt. Um, you know, they were calling uh, end of rounds for him. They were, you know, throwing, trying to get the ball deep to him. Um, yeah, you know, it just, it sucks. But like you said, it's a numbers game.
1: Without a doubt. uh, Offensive tackle. This actually just went down right before we started recording. Greg Senat, who I thought was going to make the team as a reserve tackle and was probably going to be the second man up in terms of tackles behind Chris Hubbard, but because but, I don't think James Hudson is close to being ready to see uh, live game action. But Senat's going on injured reserve, which is unfortunate because he was the highest graded Browns offensive player Uh, according to Pro Football Focus in the preseason. And he's definitely showing some promise. The Browns had him on the practice squad last year, brought him back during the offseason. So I feel like Callahan likes him a lot. And uh, it'd be interesting to see, do they keep him on injured reserve all year or do they end up cutting him much like they did with a Cody Parkey or somebody else and try to let him latch on somewhere? Or do they have a long-term plan for him to, I don't know, potentially replace Jack Conklin after 2022 or
0: 2023 yeah I mean I wasn't sure if he was going to make it like initially but you know the fact that he was part of their practice squad last year um, they obviously liked him and it was just one of those things where the Cowboys were their offensive line was so banged up that they you know had to pick up pick him up and uh, you know I think I think it's one of those things where it ends up being a, a probably a blessing in disguise for him like he ends up what he's kind and he's funny and he's also mustachioed he solves all your problems by the end of every episode TV Dad. everyone loves tv dad Listen to your TV dad, switch to progressive and you could save hundreds. Progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates, potential savings will vary. Staying around the team for the year, and like you said, he, he could potentially be, a, you know, the, your future right tackle going forward.
1: Uh, this room was the most surprising to me the edge room. We saw three guys that get like go today Curtis Weaver, Porter Gustin, and Cameron Malvo. Um, so right now, theoretically. Joe Jackson is going to be your edge four, but this could be a scenario where the Browns are seeing someone getting cut. They know someone's going to get cut across the league, and they feel like they have a good chance, even though they're low in the waiver order, where they might be able to get another quality uh, backup edge, reserve edge, or there could be a trade. Yeah. And they, um, but Joe Jackson, he did just enough, I think, during the preseason. And you never really saw Porter Gustin do too much in the preseason. Um, Malvo had some flashes, Curtis Weaver never showed anything. And I think that was the most disappointing because there was a lot of attention around his name going back to last year when the Browns picked him up from Miami. Um, but the edge room is looking quite interesting going into tomorrow's uh, deadline.
0: Yeah. And it could be one of those things where, you know, maybe Joe Jackson does end up getting cut and they end up scouring the, the waiver wire for that fourth end, or, you know, one thing to take away from last night's game uh day uh the defensive tackle was playing edge you know well into that fourth quarter so you know having a versatile defensive lineman and i i think that's something that they need to do another weird thing um they still have they still haven't put jacob phillips on ir uh tony fields has been out since rookie camp he hasn't been put on ir and i think the whole defensive end thing and my thought process is I think they're just trying to get like guys like Phillips and fields to the 53 and then IR them and then kind of see if maybe a a Porter Gustin is still available to then re-sign him uh, and, you know, bring him back, you know, just because it's, it's weird, right. At four o'clock tomorrow, that 53 isn't going to be the 53, you know what I mean? They're going to add some players. They're going to put players on IR. um, Whether it's, And because of that, like the whole IR, they're eligible to return. If they put them on IR now, they're out for the year or they have to be cut. So guys like, you know, like I said, uh, Jacob Phillips, Tony Fields. uh, We don't know the injury with Rashard Higgins. Maybe he ends up on the short term IR. He's out for three weeks and maybe that ends up the keep Hodge because of that. You know what I mean? Um, So it'll be interesting. Um, but I think that's my thought process with a lot of these cuts. It's like, they're just trying to get to 53, put a couple of people on IR and then open up some roster spots to then either bring other people back or obviously claim people.
1: Yeah, that is true. I know, I keep forgetting about that. Cause like you said, Phillips hasn't gone on IR yet. And although I don't know, I feel like if he comes back, it'll be towards the end of the season, but the Browns must have some hope that he'll be able to come back and be a contributor at some point this season to the point where they did not put him on season ending IR same with Tony fields. Um, But I have a feeling they might end up putting him on IR and just stashing him away for a year, because if they do cut him, I have a feeling someone will probably pick him up because if you watch his West Virginia tape, there was flashes there of potential. And much like Curtis Weaver, when he got cut by Miami, there could be a team waiting in the weeds like the Browns were a year ago and looking to pick up Tony fields and trying to stash him away themselves. So Uh, that that's going to be something because the Browns might have like six or seven linebackers on the initial 53 tomorrow. And everybody's going to be like, what are they doing? But there's obviously a method to Andrew Barry's madness.
0: Yeah. And going back to defensive line too, like, you know, yeah, they cut all these edge, but they also have like six defensive tackles that, you know, they are obviously interested in keeping. Um, Obviously Malik Jackson, I would think Sheldon Day did enough to, to make this team and, to be your de facto, you know, number two, uh, you know, defensive tackle starter. Um, we said McDowell. They uh, Jordan Elliott has only produced this uh, preseason, which is nice to see. Uh, you spent a fourth round pick on Tommy Togiai So Andrew Billings the, is the Andrew letter. Billings is is a que- is a question mark. Even though I had I didn't see anything that that really shows that he deserves a spot, and the fact that you you're already paying him like. He's already part of your, your cap for this year, so it, I don't really feel like it matters. Um, but, yeah, I just uh, – defensive tackle, defensive line is, is getting interesting, I think.
1: Yeah, I have a feeling the Browns are going to be busy on that spot yeah, because I think defensive so tackle just doesn't seem like it's finished, and I feel like there's got to be a move up Andrew Berry's sleeve to to improve that or to improve on the edge because you have the ability to kick – clowny inside and he's arguably stats say he's more effective as a defensive tackle within an edge which is kind of surprising just because of what he's done throughout his career but i feel like that's something to definitely keep an eye on um i just lost my notes hold on uh linebacker we cut we cut to gray scales who we picked up last week um he obviously didn't show too much um this Obviously, it's just a numbers game. Willie Harvey Jr., who they picked up right after the Phillips injury, he got cut, and that was it at linebacker. We have a good feeling of what how the linebacker room is going to shake out. Obviously, it's going to come down to Elijah Lee, and I think Mac Wilson for the initial fifty-three. Me and Alex, we did one on the top dogs, and it came down to that. And like you said, Elijah Lee's got the more he's more effective on special teams than Mac. And honestly, I think if it does come down to that as much as people like mac wilson and the flashes he has shown in preseason and camp I, I would give the nod to elijah lee just because i feel like he can be more effective in special teams and i thought he played well in the preseason when he was out there at linebacker so uh it's going to be interesting and all the all the little fanboys and fangirls girls are going to get hurt if 51 gets cut tomorrow
0: <laughs> yeah that'll be uh that'll be an interesting uh moment when he gets uh when he gets cut, it'll be interesting to see if we see any, uh, Mac Wilson love letters, uh, for his goodbye oh God. Uh, when, when he gets cut. <laughs> and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll leave it at that.
1: Right. Um, Oh, I missed tight end. Jordan Franks got cut. Uh, you mentioned him earlier. Uh, this guy we thought might make it and Kyle Markaway, who they, yep. they just brought back a couple of days ago, both of them got cut. So there's only three tight ends. Correct me if I'm wrong right now on the but, roster.
0: Nope, that's it.
1: So what do they do? Does Johnny Stanton, does Andy Janovich, are they gonna be, are they both gonna make it? And one of them's gonna be that tight end like H back role. Like that, that's gonna be one of those interesting things. Me and me and Alex had both of them make the roster, making our 53-man roster. So hmm. it, okay. just, yeah, we 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 had Stanton, I think as the tight end, and Janovich as the fullback. So uh, it's gonna be interesting. Maybe they pick up a tight end. On the waiver wire or something, maybe they got a trade where they bring one in. Gonna um, be fascinating for that spot as well. But uh,
0: yeah, the uh, whole Frank's thing, I I just thought he's gonna make it because they had four tight ends all of last year and a full fullback. You know, Steve Carlson, what maybe wasn't active every game, but he even, was a part of this team. And even before he got hurt, like I would have thought he was part of this. You know, their future. Yes, he only caught one pass, but he plays special teams he He's a good blocker um and the other thing too and i I was listening to the uh uh jake burns podcast uh from yesterday in in their twitch stream like they only had i think he said fullback plays like five percent of the time last year or like five an average of five plays last year with the fullback so um you know, it'll it'll be interesting. That's why I thought maybe someone like Johnny Stanton wouldn't make it because he can play tight end, he can play yeah. fullback, play that H back, you know, he even got a couple carries last night. Um, shades of of Peyton Hillis running the ball <laughs> with that number 40. uh but, but yeah, I mean I don't I don't know. But the other the other thing is um, you know, with Janovich, right? He's one of those guys along with Malcolm Smith with they can cut, and because they're veterans, they're not subject to waivers. So they could potentially cut those players and then bring them back, like they did with um, Greg Robinson uh, a couple years ago. Yeah, like, when he was your starting left tackle, and you just cut them, you know, until you get to, to your fifty-three, and then you know, you sign them back, and it's just all like a again, h- how to work around the whole fifty-three man roster thing.
1: Yeah, that is something to keep an eye on for sure, and because they're both on like the minimum so it's not yeah. gonna hurt us in the cap if we do end nope. up cutting them and bringing them back um yeah it's gonna be something fascinating to watch it's it's everybody's gonna freak out tomorrow and it's just gonna be like i'm just gonna sit back and be like let barry do work his magic and we'll and we'll, we'll we'll criticize anything that we we want to question later on uh defensive backfield sheldrick red got cut that was not a surprise to not me um Javante Moffitt, obviously it's just the numbers game with the safety room. Cause when you have Harrison, I thought, oh. I
0: thought Moffitt was going to make it though. I thought he was going to be okay. your fifth safety, you know, somebody who can, um, you know, be an insurance policy for Grant Delpit, because again, he's obviously someone you just don't know, right. you know, health wise. And the fact that they liked him a lot, he was part of the, the, the roster throughout the year last year. Um, he played a ton of special teams last year. And I just thought that was, like, maybe he wasn't a, a quote-unquote lock, but I thought, like, he was somebody who, like, I would have been really surprised. But maybe they think, you know, they can grab another safety, uh, you know, through the waiver wire type thing where, you know, somebody who may not make uh, another team that, you know, they liked or whatever. But it was just interesting. Um, it was just interesting. Yeah, I feel,
1: like, I feel like they're going to – I feel like they know – or at least I have a good feeling that he might slide off waivers and get him back on the practice squad.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Even Celtic went... Redwine, too. Like yeah. he's somebody that knows the system. And you know, there's already was talk that like, you know, they hope that they can get him back.
1: Yeah, I feel like both of them, because there's six it's a 16-man practice squad. So yep. maybe both. They both know, yeah. like you said, they both know the system. They've been around Cleveland. They know the ins and outs of this, the team and the town. Um, I'm sure they might not be leaving town right away like I feel like they're gonna sit tight for at least 24 more hours and just kind of see how it all shakes out but uh Elijah Benton also got cut uh he was another safety uh Brian Allen the corner he got cut and Emmanuel Rugamba who who's also a corner so they they trimmed the corner room a little bit um I think it's MJ Stewart I think is a surprise to some people that he's still on but I feel like he might be that hybrid like he's going to be like the last corner and the last safety in the room because they've been cross training him at both throughout training camp and the preseason so uh, and again it, he
0: played a ton of special teams last year I yes. mean, that's what that's the bottom of this roster it's have you played special teams Have you know and if you did then you're probably part of this team
1: yep because as it stands right now there's six corners ward williams hill newsome green and stewart and then there's five safeties, Johnson, Harrison, Delpit, and LeCount. And then you might as well throw Stewart in there too. So there's your 11, 10, 11, 11 DBs. And I feel like that's going to probably be it. They might add another one and might move Stewart, but I kind of feel confident that that, that room set going into 2021. Yep. So going into tomorrow, what are you going to be looking at specifically when it comes to this roster?
0: Um, I'm, I'm interested to see like the offensive line, like the backups, obviously yeah. like Chris Hubbard is somebody who we all really like, especially in the, you know, right backup, right tackle, right guard rule. Cause he played it really well last year. Um, but it's also what, four and a half million dollars is pretty steep for a backup. Um,
1: I feel like he's safe though,
0: but I, I, I thought so too, but he could be somebody like if the Colts, Come calling and go, like here's a conditional fourth round pick, and because we obviously need help at offensive line, um, you maybe take tackle. That. Yeah, especially yeah, especially at tackle. Um, you know, Michael Dunn, uh, he's been banged up, and, but uh, they really like him. I don't know if you would subject him to waivers initially. Maybe he's somebody who makes the fifty three, and then you end up uh, you know I R him. You know, and for whenever he was able to come back, you know, same thing. You know, Blake Hands is a guy. Um, going back to the last night's game, I thought it was very telling that Nick Harris was the center behind, you know, or in front of Baker Mayfield, um, you know, because I mean, I think we talked about it. I, I don't know if it was on this podcast or uh, uh, the Top Dogs podcast, but it was like he he didn't really play well at guard uh, last year. And he's a little undersized. So he doesn't really have that versatility initially that you would like, um, you know, an offensive lineman to have, especially like a backup. But I think he makes a roster because, you know, they obviously like him enough to say, all right, you're going to start with the rest of the starters. And he was the main guy, you know, he's under center, you know, for, for Baker Mayfield, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, they must think extremely highly of him uh, to to do that. And I also thought uh, Blake Hans playing into the third third and fourth quarter was interesting, um, you know. And I think uh, – sorry, I'm just kind of like – No, you're good. Because like, like all my thoughts are, are going in – like are happening at the same time. Like, like, like quick
1: question real quick. Did yeah. Hans play – What did what did he play – was he the center behind after Harris mm, went out or was he no, playing? No,
0: he, I, he, I think he was playing left guard
1: okay well that is interesting then because yeah he played center against the Giants and I thought he did well but the fact that he was playing guard now granted Michael Dunn was out
0: yep
1: and I'm I'm, I'm assuming Javon Patterson was the center because he's Patterson the center, was
0: the center. Yep. okay
1: so hmm yeah that's gonna be interesting because Forbes got hurt with a knee so I'm wondering if they're gonna IR him they Probably. didn't really they didn't give so. any clarity on that knee injury today so yeah, I'm with you though. The backup offensive line is going to be something to watch because you know with Seneca going on IR, Hubbard's safe in my opinion. Like we need a backup yeah, tackle. That. Yeah. So, yeah, the interior is going to be fascinating to watch.
0: And they tried Hudson at right tackle, they had him switched off, they had Hubbard at left tackle and uh Hudson at, at right tackle and yeah. it's just it's just one of those things like they were saying, you know, he's He's already a young prospect at left tackle anyway. He's only, what, played two years at left tackle yeah. uh, at Cincinnati. Um, and he looks all right at left tackle. You know, you could see where, you know, there's a lot of promise there. But to be that swing tackle, I just, I don't think they could do it. And I think last night showed that even against second and third string defensive ends uh, for the Falcons, they just, he was kind of getting, it, it was tough at times for him. Uh, just the footwork just wasn't there. And, you know, it's just to be that swing tackle, you, you got to be able to, you know, you know, be ambidextrous really um, in, in your footwork. So uh, that's why I think, you know, like you said, Hubbard would be somebody, like I said, unless they get a crazy trade offer, but then it's like, you know, are do you want to risk that? Like, cause he was your main sub last year. Conklin was a little banged up last year. Wyatteller, Teller, we love Wyatteller, Teller, but he only played what, 11, 12 games last year. It's, you know, it's a significant to uh, having that backup linebacker room or lineman room, which which is why I'm I'm very curious to see how many they keep um, for each game. So,
1: yeah, certainly, because like the way I see it right now, Hudson's making it. I think Dunn's making it because I think he's got a spot on this team next year, whether he's yeah. replacing Betonio or Teller. I didn't have Nick Harris making my 53, shockingly. But the fact that he was starting center last night, maybe I'm going to rechange my stance on that. It's clear that they think somewhat highly of him if he was first man up to go center with the rest of the starting offensive line. I would have Hubbard and I would have Hans. Now, yep. and I mean, right there, there's 10. There's 10 offensive linemen. Maybe they keep... Do they keep I thought guys? nine... I think I would I would have thought
0: I that was my thought was you keep Hudson Hubbard Michael Dunn but again the whole IR thing and then Harris and yeah. but then you know if Dunn's out then you have um, then you have uh, like somebody like Blake Hands or maybe you just find somebody that you know you like a a, a veteran interior guard and you know you again you're only going to activate forty eight guys each game anyway. And not all nine or 10 offensive linemen are going to be active. So, you know, I think having eight active with Hudson as your reserve each week to redshirt him each each, uh, you know, each week to or to redshirt him this year. So he's comfortable next year. um, I think I think that's the way to go, in my opinion. I think nine is about right, um, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. No, I've I don't fault that at all because even if you say like if Dunn goes maybe on short term IR or they IR him for the year, I mean you have Blake Hance who's shown he could play guard and center, Hubbard who's shown he could play tackle and guard. I mean, you have two versatile guys right there. Maybe they keep a Colby Gossett or a Javon Patterson just to be an extra lineman. I mean, it is going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out tomorrow. And uh Okay, you want to go ahead and tell them what we got planned for Wednesday, the next time we sit down to record.
0: Yeah, uh, we are going to break down the 53, um, the officially official 53. And I think it's a good thing to kind of wait a day because, you know, by Wednesday we'll see who gets picked up. Um, we'll see like, well, there's, you know, a hole at line, you know, at one of the lines, uh, places, wide receiver, whoever, uh, whatever. But, um, yeah, we're going to sit down, uh, what, on Crunch Time with Caitlin, right? Is
1: that, uh, is that the plan? Uh, or the dog Crossover. Land? Crossover. Yeah,
0: crossover episode. <laughs> Crunch so, Time,
1: I, I already dubbed it Crunch Time in the Dogland.
0: I like it. I love All it. Right. <laughs> Let's do it. So, All right, yeah. Be sure to uh, you know, check that out. In the
1: so, yeah, days. if you listen to Crunch Time with Caitlin or the Dogland, we will have both, the episode will be on both. Yep. news on audio feed so if you listen to crunch time with caitlin you'll be hearing the dogland or vice versa you hear the dogland you'll be hearing crunch time with caitlin so it's a special crossover episode that we got coming out wednesday so definitely stay tuned for that um you guys can follow me on twitter at jack 8 you can follow caitlin at caitlin knows c-l-e that's k-a-t-e-l-i-n-k-n-o-w-s-c-l-e You guys can follow the Dogland at the Dogland on Twitter as well as Facebook. And until next time, go Browns.
0: The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her.
1: Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel.
0: Enjoy your stay in Sweet 13.
1: Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Uh, terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.